If you have a Bible, you can turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 1. We'll look at verses 4 through 11. And the text is also there in the bulletin. Um, getting into our uh, series on Ecclesiastes. Uh, it's, it feels something like part two of the introduction. <clears throat> uh, I think maybe the introduction goes all the way from chapter one, uh, one verse one to verse 11, but we broke it down into two weeks, and this is the second week. We're talking about this, uh, <clears throat> what looks like in the Bible anyway, uh, according to your chapter divisions and stuff, it kind of looks like the intro. Um, so, so we've all heard this. Uh, many of us have said this. Something like 2020 was unprecedented. Unprecedented. A year like no other. Everything has changed. Right? COVID, uh, lockdowns, riots, wildfires, politics, murder hornets. Don't forget the murder hornets. Right? Everything bad happened in 2020. Uh, it was unprecedented. Uh, there's a dad on social media. Uh, a guy named Simon Holland, I think basically just identifies himself as a dad who makes funny dad jokes. I think they're funny. <laughs> um, <clears throat> he says, don't know about y'all, but I could really go for some precedented times. <laughs> precedented times. Because everything in 2020 was supposed to be unprecedented, right? So um, even though the New Year's Eve celebrations a few weeks ago, they were a bit suppressed, a bit muted. Uh, a lot of people have been sort of pinning their hopes on the New Year. What's coming this year? We, we sure hope things will turn around this year. Who knows what 2021 might have in store for us? Good things, we hope. Right? I hear a lot of people talk uh, like this. I hear it pretty frequently. And um, it sounds hopeful, but ultimately it's actually sad. Uh, to think of 2020 as unprecedented and hoping for better things in 2021. Uh, this is a big part of why the elders thought that we should have a series on the book of Ecclesiastes, because Ecclesiastes says in our passage, that we're talking about this morning, there's nothing new under the sun. There's nothing new <clears throat> under the sun. And there's great wisdom in this. So 2020 wasn't fundamentally different from any preceding year, nor will 2021 be fundamentally different. Even if we get great vaccinations and a new president and police reforms and all kinds of things coming on the horizon, 2021 will bring nothing substantially new to this world under the sun. And that's okay. That's just fine. Because our hopes don't rest in some idea of earthly progress. Our hopes don't rest on anything changing for the better under the sun. Our hope for the future, our hope for fulfillment and for refreshment is Jesus and Jesus alone. That's what we'll talk about this morning. So let's pray, then we'll read the scripture. <clears throat> Father, we pray that you would help us now in the reading of your word, in the preaching and the hearing of your word. By your spirit, Attune our hearts and our minds to the true wisdom that's found in Jesus. We pray in his name. Amen. Ecclesiastes 1, beginning in verse 4. A generation goes, and a generation comes, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises, 
And the sun goes down and hastens to the place where it rises. The wind blows to the south and goes around to the north. Around and around goes the wind. And on its circuits, the wind returns. All streams run to the sea, but the sea is not full. To the place where the streams flow, there they flow again. All things are full of weariness. A man cannot utter it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. What has been is what will be. And what has been done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. Is there a thing of which it is said, See, this is new. It has been already in the ages before us. There is no remembrance of former things, nor will there be any remembrance of later things yet to be among those who come after. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So maybe you've heard the uh, ancient Greek myth of Sisyphus. Uh, He was uh, a mythical figure, the king of the city that would come to be known as Corinth, actually. He he fancied, fancied himself to be more clever even than Zeus. Zeus, the greatest of all the gods, Sisyphus thought that he was uh, cleverer than him. And after he pulled some stunts on, uh, on the gods that deceived them, he was punished. Sisyphus was punished for his trickery. His deceitfulness was exposed for its futility. You can't fool the gods. That's futility. Right? And so he was taught the ultimate lesson in absolute futility. His doom was this, to roll a great boulder up a hill in the depths of Hades, the realm of the dead. And whenever he pushed the boulder right up near the top, it would, it would slip away from him like, like slipping through his fingers. And it would roll back down to the bottom where he would have to begin again and again and again for all time. Sisyphus was going nowhere. He was stuck in an endless cycle of meaningless labor. Nothing new would ever interrupt his eternal chore. Nothing would ever break the utter monotony of his existence. And that is, it's maddening for us to imagine a fate, a doom like that. And that's basically what Ecclesiastes says that life under the sun is like. Life under the sun amounts to... To this In this world, we're all Sisyphus, endless, unfulfilling cycles, right? Meaningless labor and toil, going nowhere. Everybody loves a day at the beach, right? Take your family to the beach, kids run out of the car. What's the first thing they do? They go and they dig a hole, they make that hole really big, dig a pit, dig an amphitheater, <clears throat> build some sandcastles. Scrape your names in the, uh, in the sand with large letters. And then the tide turns and all your efforts are washed away. That very day, all your beautiful accomplishments, they're swallowed right up by the inevitable, relentless, unstoppable sea. And that is what time does to all of our lives. All of our achievements. 
and trying to fight the oncoming tides of time in order to preserve your sandcastles is like Sisyphus pushing the rock, trying to make a lasting difference in this world is absolute futility. Why look to produce something unique or novel? Why invest in the future? Why place our hopes in our children or in coming generations? A generation goes, a generation comes, but the earth remains forever. The the sun crawls across the sky, going round and round. The, The wind sighs continually. Going in its cycles, the streams keep flowing to the sea. And you'd think that would make a difference, but the sea never fills up. It makes no difference. <clears throat> it's a picture of the world that we have here. A picture of creation. And con- conspicuously absent from this biblical picture of the world is a vision of its creator. And a picture like that is bleak. It's terribly tedious. It's exhausting. All things are full of weariness, verse 8 says. A man can't even utter it. So what's the point? Why do anything? We have an instinctive need for hope. Hope that tomorrow will be better and brighter. Hope that a new day will bring something truly new. Hope for relief. Hope for refreshment and fulfillment someday. Hope that the future will make today's toil worth it. But if this world is all there is, there's no reason for hope like that. This world's going nowhere. You're going nowhere. No matter how you try to fight it, you're going to be erased and forgotten along with all your contributions, whatever little marks you've made in this world. A few days after you die, your workplace will have filled your position and the world will go on just fine without you. A few generations later, no one will remember anyone who will even have remembered you. The ocean of time will swallow it all up. Look around, you know that's true. What was your great-grandfather's name? What was his father's name? What did he do for work? What did he plant in his garden? What great mark did he leave on the world? When you go to the beach to dig your pits and build your sandcastles, did it even cross your mind that thousands of people have done that very same thing in that very same place over a hundred years? There isn't any evidence of their pits or their sandcastles. So if we pin our hopes on our posterity, well, there will come a day when our posterity will be utterly forgotten too. So... Why would we pin our hopes on anything in this mere world? We have hopes and longings for contentment and for satisfaction that nothing we discover in this world, nothing we produce in this world, can fulfill. Verse 8, the eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. In this world, everything is same old, same old. What has been is what will be. What has been done is what will be done. There's nothing new under the sun. Is there a thing of which it is said, see, this is new? It has been already in the ages before us. You just forgot what came before. And so will everybody else who comes after. So what does that mean? There is nothing new under the sun. 
Zach Eswine has a good uh, book on Ecclesiastes. I might have quoted him uh, last week. Uh, he says this, when the preacher, that's Ecclesiastes, um, Koheleth, when the preacher makes his case that everything new is an old thing repeated, he doesn't refer to technology and invention. That's the beginning of a quote that I think is printed in the bulletin there on the next page. So was the discovery of America something new? In a sense, maybe. Right? But not in essence. Not in essence. Not substantially. It wasn't something substantially new. People were just colonizing new places, looking for a new, better world. That's happened since the beginning. Constitutional government. That's new, right? No? Not really. It just boils down to another attempt to perfect a human system of government in a broken world. People have been trying to fix this broken world through politics forever. Steam engines, electricity, telephones, computers, cell phones. The world's never seen anything like these before. These are just attempts to make life easier. That's what they boil down to. Make us more prosperous, make life more comfortable. There's nothing fundamentally new about that. A global pandemic, no. Sickness and death are almost as old as life itself. And they have been entirely universal. Rioters breaching our capital. No, the violent pursuit of power is humanity's middle name. We've always faced the same old problems. We're always using the same old human strategies, trying to achieve the same old goals. Just because we have a little bit of new technology doesn't mean our efforts are new. Life under the sun. We're trying to survive the curse that has been put on this old world. That's what we're trying to do. When we broke our relationship with God, Genesis chapter 3, God cursed the ground. He cursed the world, as, as Paul writes about when he uh, refers to this in Romans 8, which was our New Testament reading. <clears throat> says that God subjected the world to futility. And that means that our participation in the world is a participation in futility. We're trying to recover Eden. We're trying to make things right. We're trying to enter into glory, but that's just same old, same old. People have been trying to do that since the garden. And God's curse means that that will never work. God will never let us find our ultimate hopes fulfilled in this world, in anything under the sun. He'll never let us find our ultimate hopes fulfilled in this world. Whatever hope we have for changing the world, for accomplishing something unique or memorable, it's doomed to fail, like Sisyphus pushing the rock up that hill in hell. So now, now how does it sound when somebody says, who knows what 2021 might have in store for us? It sounds hollow. It's empty promises. Right? 2021 will be more of the same. That's all. This whole world is groaning, it's bone tired, it's waiting for something really new. So verse 10, is there a thing of which it is said, see, this is new, any single thing at all that breaks the utter monotony of our dreary existence, that interrupts the doom of futility that rests on the world under the sun? Is there a thing? Only Jesus. 
who came from beyond the sun. When the Son of God came into this world, it was a new thing. It was a really new thing, unlike anything the world had ever seen. His humanity it was a new creation of God who had not left us to our doom. Unlike generation after generation of ordinary human conception and birth, Jesus was specially conceived by the Holy Spirit. He was born of a virgin. That was new. And it wasn't just his birth, but his whole life was new. His whole life was unique. His disciples couldn't get their minds around him. They asked, who is this who controls even the wind and the waves? Those things that seem well beyond our ability to manage or interrupt or change. He controls these things. And at hearing him teach, people exclaimed, no one ever spoke like this man before, ever. Wherever he went, sickness and death fell before him, conquered. He wasn't just on the treadmill that we're on. He wasn't just spinning his wheels trying to survive the curse in vain, in futility. Right? Jesus had real power over all the old problems that have plagued us. And where we were always trying to save ourselves, he came along, the only person ever to live his whole life, not to save himself, but to save us. To save us from the curse of futility. To save us for God's own glory. The violent pursuit of power is not his middle name. He is the Lamb of God who laid down his life, who let the violent take it, who let the powerful take it, so that he could make us and this whole world a new creation. That's language you find all over the place in the New Testament for what it is Jesus has done and what he is doing. He's making a new creation. His life was the only new thing under the sun. His death was the only new death that vanquished death. His resurrection was the only new and everlasting human life. And when he ascended beyond the Son again to heaven and sat at the Father's right hand, this was the new thing that we've always been looking for, for our humanity to join God in his glory. Nothing in this old world could ever fully satisfy us, but in his mercy... In his mercy, God would never let us find our ultimate hopes fulfilled in a world like this. He cursed the world and he subjected it to futility, but it isn't because he's vindictive and mean. It isn't that he's doomed us in our earthly hopes, doomed our earthly hopes to failure and futility, like the old gods punishing Sisyphus with eternal futility. Our God has blessed us with the failure and the futility of our merely earthly hopes so that we would hope in him. Jesus is eternally all-satisfying. He is our only true hope. This, this old world is going nowhere apart from God, but in Jesus there is a new history for humanity that really goes somewhere. It really does. As uh, the end of Ecclesiastes says, which we looked at <clears throat> last week, you need to look at as you're reading the book of Ecclesiastes. The final verse says, God will bring 
every deed into judgment. He will. That's something he's going to do in the future, right? God cares about everything in our lives. He's going to judge everything. And he is our inevitable future. And he has entrusted our future to Jesus. As we confess in the creed, Jesus is the one who's going to come again to judge the living and the dead. God has given his own judgment. He's given the future into the hands of an earthling. Jesus. So with Jesus, we have a future, we have a hope. It isn't constrained by what is here and now, only the things that are visible to you and observable in this world under the sun. And now the one who is seated on the throne has said, Behold, I am making all things new. Jesus is taking this old weary world and he will make a new heavens and a new earth where his people will live forever with him, where we will never be forgotten as long as God lives, where our contributions in the new creation, they will mean something. With Jesus, our hope even transforms how we see this old world. Yes, the sun and the wind keep going. The sun goes round and round. The wind keeps blowing. The streams keep pouring into the sea. But rather than being an exhausting vision, right, being exhausted by the futility of these things, we can read in these things the everlasting faithfulness of God. As Jeremiah says in Lamentations 3, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They're new every morning. God never gets old. His promises never fade. Every time that sun comes up in the eastern sky, it's a testimony to the one who placed it in the sky. It's a testimony that he will satisfy you with his love today and tomorrow. And that times of refreshing are yours in Christ forever. So it's sad when people are blind to the, the same old, same old nature of this world. It's sad when people can't face the futility of building sandcastles on the edge of the ocean of time. It's sad when people keep placing their hopes in earthly things that are going to fade. It's sad when people need 2021 to bring them something new and finally satisfying, or else they need to numb themselves against the reality of life under the sun. Those things are sad. It's sad because our world has been changed. It has been changed by the Lord Jesus. We have been given a bright future in him because he loves us. We've been called to join him in his own calling, in his own purpose, in his own mission, his own life in this world. And one day, in the twinkling of an eye, we'll be made like him. And that's far better than sandcastles. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we all need hope for the future. We pray that you'd help us to look to Jesus as the guarantee of our future with you. We keep looking around in this world for new and impressive things, but help us to be impressed with Jesus. Help us to turn away from the same old strivings of life in this world, to turn to Jesus, who has broken the monotony, who has come in his grace to save us from the the curse of futility. Help us to trust the promises of Christ that he's making all things new. We pray that you would make us new in him. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.